What's up, everybody? It's Jason and Justin. Today, I'm joined by Matthew Hasso. So, Matt and I both listened to the Top 10 podcast, and I kept hearing the name Matthew Hasso. And, you know, we used to get notifications on 3Geeks. Matthew Hasso has liked a post that you did. And I messaged him. I'm like, are you the same Matthew Hasso that watches Top 10? He's like, yeah. And then we became friends through that. Like, we both listened to the same podcast, and then he happened to jump in our news feed. So, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing really well. I'm kind of excited, kind of glad to be here. Sorry it's been so long. I know we've talked about maybe me coming to hang out with you guys before, but it's just been life, you know? Yeah, <laughs> get it. Totally get it. Life sucks. Yeah. If it wasn't something on my end, it was your end. Usually it was on my end. But yeah, I'm glad that we were able to make this work because you got a comic book coming out soon that I want to talk about the Kickstarter for. And uh, you're a podcaster as well. You've done quite a few podcasts. Yes, a lot of failed podcasts. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had, yeah, I had a podcast for a while. And you were actually, I think I canceled it before I had a chance to have you on was, um, it was called fanboy junction and it actually had two iterations. The first time I thought it would be really neat to watch every single comic book movie, starting with Superman that 78 and revisit them and have a good time talking about them. And the problem is like 20% of those movies are really fun to visit and the rest Suck. <laughs> real bad it's like superman with christopher reeve is just so beautiful it's a great movie even now then you mm -hmm. get to the three sequels and supergirl and they're if you like them god bless you but they are just horrible they just haven't yeah. aged i like the second one second one yeah i tried to watch the third one recently and it's not i was good. gonna say when was the last time you watched the second one, though? <laughs> it's, it's, been, it's been a while. It's been a while. Everybody keeps telling me to check out the Donner cut. I haven't done that yet. No, I because I, I'm like you. I was like, dude, the second one has space, like superhero battles. That's mm -hmm. great. And then I went back and watched it when we first started doing this, about probably four years ago. And it was like, oh, no, this, this is this. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that we got to the point I think what happened with that one is we got to Batman and Robin and there were 10 movies in a row that were just utter crap. And I was like, I can't, I can't, I'm not watching ghost world. I'm not watching from hell. I'm not watching. It was, it was like between Batman and Robin. And I want to say blade. There is like four, like, like maybe 10 that are just atrocious. And I was like, Nope, I'm done. I don't want to do this. Is Steel pre-Batman and Robin or post-Batman and Robin? It's around that time, yeah. Did you do Steel? Yes, that was one of the ones that, like, that was the, the first hit of the last nail was Steel. <laughs> I have not seen that yet. Yeah, it's, well, because that was the thing, too, is I thought it would be fun. And, like, some of it was cool, like, rewatching Swamp Thing. Like, dude, I'm yeah. really surprised at how well that movie holds up for multiple different reasons. But rewatching like, I don't know. I may ostracize myself from your your audience here, but I do not like the Tim Burton Batman's. Like, oh wow! They, they are my least. Well, I take it back. Batman versus Superman is the worst film I think I've ever seen in my life. But I'm not a big fan of those. So, like going back and rewatching them, I reappreciated what Michael Keaton was doing. But ultimately, they're just not my cup of tea. Sure. Um, but no. It, but then I think after we got through that. I came back and it became an interview show. And that was when you were going to come on. And what we would do is 
I'd make somebody pick a movie, wouldn't tell them, hey, you got to tell me what your favorite movie is in kind of the geek side, you know, sci-fi, comic book, whatever. And then once they picked it, I was like, okay, I'm going to interview about it. And then you have to reboot it. And Mm. depending on how old, like I always had to say it's more than 10 years old, but we would reboot it and then we'd compare casting and ideas. And it was great, except for never was under two hours long because like, rebooting and both of us talk like i had to get to a point where it's like all right reboot the cast three people <laughs> like we did one of somebody did star trek to the wrath of Khan. there's like 15 cast members yeah so we had to split it into like two one and a half hour it was it was fun but it just got to a point where it was like yeah i'm okay we we can i can step away from this for now and it didn't get any traction so i think that's a a, a part of it for me is not that everything has to have traction per se, but when the, po- I'm sure you guys have dealt with this. When you have a lot of post-production work and it's not getting any traction, it's like, I, I came up with a term, I called it casturbating. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you're just doing a podcast to do it and there's no listenership. So you're just casturbating. Mm-hmm. Like, I just like to hear my, and which sometimes that's fine. There's, I'm not judging anybody for that. It just wasn't what I wanted to do. If I'm going to do any baiting, it's not going to be caster. <laughs> yeah, I was going to come on. I was going to do Scott Pilgrim, and they just uh, kind of rebooted it for Netflix and kept the whole cast, which is the best way to reboot that movie, if you ask me. Why not? That cast was solid. I, I couldn't come up with. I was, it was so hard to come up with alternatives for that cast. I yeah, think they, I, I did it because I remember like, that was one of those weird movies. I'm sorry, Justin. We're totally excluding you out of the conversation. It's okay. How are you? It's okay. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. It's all good. You guys are chatting. This is good. No. Um, what's it called? The thing with Scott Pilgrim is there's so many of those movies that have like this teenage cast. And since I don't watch shows of that genre anymore, it's like you start stabbing in the dark. You know, like, oh, uh, the kid from this show that I've never watched that nobody in my family watches, but he's the age, right? So yeah, he would be Scott Pilgrim, you know, the kid from Stranger Things. Yeah. Well, because <laughs> the funny thing was, is it see that the concept of rebooting everything was fun until it caught to the moment of like, yeah, Jason, you get to do Scott Pilgrim and Justin, what's your favorite movie in the kind of the genre? Oh, of that. Um, shoot. Uh, I don't know. It could be a Lord of the Rings, a Star Wars. Oh, oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, two towers. Give me two towers. Okay. So you get to do two towers, right? So you make your cast list. I don't know why I'm pointing like they know who I'm pointing at, but depending on what's recording. But then I have to do both. So I had this moment where I realized like I've recast 30 movies right now. Yeah. Yeah. And it. I think the biggest thing that came from it is I got to a point where I just tried to find out how to include Chris Evans in every movie because I love Chris Evans. (laughs) <laughs> to the point where one of my other co-hosts is like, dude, you have to stop. This is ridiculous. <laughs> now I was like, who do I replace Michael Sarah with? Uh Jesse Eisenberg? Wait, no, he's too old now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the one that curveballed the most is I did Mad Max Fury Road with a friend of mine. And when we did it, he was like, you know what I want to do? I want to recast it as if this movie was made in the 90s. And I was like, huh. So we every so often, if the movie was too close, we would call it the rusty maneuver where we put the movie in a different genre. So something like Watchmen or um, Constantine. Like Constantine, if you remake, remake the movie now, everybody can still play those parts. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, all right, well, we're going to recast Constantine if it was in the 80s. So I was like, that's how we mix it up. But anyway, that podcast is gone. So I don't know why we keep talking about it. <laughs> Sounds like a reboot. I know. We may have to reboot <laughs> Fanboy Junction. Great name. Well, Could never figure out a way to, to, to work it right. But <laughs> You're kickstarting Black Cobra. Can you tell us kind of what sp- sp- spun up the idea? Like what made you put pen to paper for that? Sure. So the i was paid to (laughs) so it's not i am a freelance writer for a company called grok universe comics and it is a a christian-based comic book universe not over the top like it's not script like i don't want to downplay the christianity but it's not like black cobra doesn't say you know if you go by james 2 5 we have to battle this way like no it's these heroes who are Christians and have Christian morality, but they're not always kicking out scripture. You know, they, they do have moments where they come to blows with people. But the thing that I really liked about it is the world that it's set up. It is really interesting. So Bill Rapp is the guy who owns and created this comic book universe. And what he did is kind of along the lines, if you look at biblical scripture of, we won't know the Antichrist is here because we'll think he's the hero. So kind of a little bit of the end of time. So in this universe, the watchers are the villains, but they are the heroes to the public. So they are a superhero team that works for the UN and the remnant who are the heroes are looked at to be terrorists because they're not going along with what the watchers are doing. All that to say, it's a nice, perfect excuse to have great action without killing people. <laughs> sure, sure. So, and, and go ahead, sorry. No, you're okay. It sounds like a fun plot line to write about, too. There's just like a group of pseudo-terrorists that aren't really terrorists. That sounds like a fun thing to talk about. Well, and it, it also gets into like the thing I like to play with in that kind of situation is like, okay, you have to be a hero, but... Now you're being a hero to be a hero, not because you're doing it for the public, because the public hates you. So coming up with some of these storylines of, of um, you know, okay, like the Black Cobra one, I wanted to do something of like when a hero and a villain fight and then the battle goes horribly wrong and they get trapped under a bunch of rubble, like now you're just stuck together. What happens? Yeah. Well, yeah. if you're a Christian, you're not going to just sit there quietly. You're going to talk. And that's kind of what happens in the first part of this comic is they get is Jaguar Lynx is the guy in the white and the orange and black Cobra get in this really heated battle and in their battle cause the building they're in to collapse on them. And then it's just how they kind of try to survive the situation, knowing that, you know, they're going to die. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and then there's, there's, so there's three parts to it. The second part, and this moderate spoiler, but, it's after the events of that story, what happens to Jaguar links later. And then the third part is a, cause what makes black Cobra interesting to me is not only is he a Christian hero, but he's, he was captured by the watchers and tortured. So he's dealing with a lot of PTSD type trauma. And in the third story, we see him talking to another one of the heroes about her trauma. And even though it's not the same, it's more, um, you know, some of the trauma that unfortunate females would deal with is what she's dealing with. And even though it's different events that lead to their trauma, some of the coping mechanisms and the things that they experience together is what they're able to bond over. 
And I, I, I think it's a really nice story of just two people trying to help each other, even though they don't even realize they're, they're helping each other. You think I'm the, I'm the guy and I'm the main hero. So I'm helping you, but just through their conversation, they kind of help each other. And then um, depending on the tier you support on a Kickstarter, there's an extended version uh, written by another guy. There's another story that that's really interesting as well. So it's, it's a, it's a really well thought out universe and there's a ton of characters. And this is one of many I've gotten the chance to write, but I, I really had a, like a lot of fun um, writing it. So it's awesome. So maybe a silly question, but I know the good guys aren't going to do a lot of killing or any killing at all, but do the bad guys do like, is there, will there be death in the comic book at all? Or is that kind of a rule of the, the publishing house that there's in, no killing in general? In this particular issue, it's because it's not all just the bad guys and good guys fighting. There isn't a lot of that in this particular one, sure. but there are other storylines where, yeah, the, the villains will okay. kill. And sure, sure. sometimes the, the thing, so Bill Rapp, again, the owner, he's been really good about letting me run with whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, we got to a point with some of these writing where I'm like, all right, what do you want me to do? And he's like, take this character and do something. So, I played with a character that's kind of like your standard vigilante. And what happens when a vigilante kills somebody in front of one of these remnant characters? Mm. And they're like, what are you doing? Like, why would you kill that person? Like, you don't know why, you know, and they, it becomes like a little argument in the middle of this situation because they're so mad at him for killing this guy, even though it's just a standard move. But in his mind, he's like, dude, I'm a military, I'm a former military guy. You kill everybody. And they're like, no, you don't. That's not how this works. So it, there's death in there, but it's never yeah. by any of the remnant sure, characters. Sure, sure. But yeah, yeah, I guess. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. I just I imagine there's a lot of good like plot points and conversations that can be had through death. That was my only kind of conversation. Yeah, and and what I what I wanted to get into too with it, and I Bill probably get mad, but I'm going to say it anyway. Is what I really want to do is introduce this group of superheroes who are good guys but because the general public thinks the remnant are bad guys they're always fighting the remnant because <laughs> they're like no like you guys are bad guys you're terrorists we have to stop you and they're like listen to what we're saying we're good stop but um so but it was interesting because um part of the other job i do at grok is i'm the story editor which means like anytime anybody submits a story, I have to read it and kind of critique mm-hmm. it. And it's been interesting because like there's been some scripts that have been really cool, but they made the hero just like go on a murder rampage. And I have to go like, hold on. It's a Christian comic. I need you to pull back, pull back yeah, on the language, pull back Christian. on the violence. And it's, it's interesting because I think you get excited as a writer. I know I did. I mean, I've, when I first got the, the, the job, I went nuts writing all kinds of stuff. And sometimes you just have to wait. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. Cause I've had, there was one story I wrote and I was like, dude, this is what I want to do. And he's like, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> this is still a Christian comic as much as you like. So it's interesting in the, um, what is that? That like um, necessity creates whatever. I can't remember the saying. I know what you're talking about. I don't remember verbatim what it is, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's basically if you have, if you can't do something, you have to figure out a creative way to get out of it. So that's been something interesting too of like, you know, how do I have these two guys who have this like road battle on a highway destroy other vehicles, but not kill anybody. 
you know, and not do just the robots, you know? So it's creating characters in that way has been interesting. Um, but, but I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with black Cobra. Um, again, the, the, the PTSD angle, I think is something that is incredibly missed by a lot of storylines. It just, Mm -hmm. um, Mark Wade is a big comic writer and he wrote in this book, I can't remember the name of it about Superman and that it's so interesting that when people write comics, they just assume people have the mental fortitude to handle being sure. Sure. And that's not the case. Most people can't handle it. I mean, you know, just because I have a healing factor doesn't mean I'm going to be a hero. It just means I'm going to fight an MMA because there's no consequence of how bad I am. Right. right. You know? So I think that's where um, writing these characters and kind of coming up with something interesting uh, to stay within those confines has been fun because yeah, I, I have other comics I've worked on or written and like, yeah, I, I had a, a space hitman script that I was working on and like that dude killed like 40 people in one issue, <laughs> you know, cause he's John wick in space almost like, yo, this is great. Look at him go. And then you're like, Nope, can't do that here. As cool as that scene was, you can't have, you know, night from the remnant tear through a warehouse, killing everybody. So uh, I just want you to know that when John wick in space happens, you put that out there. <laughs> the name of the comic is black collar. It's out there. I wrote it. Please don't steal my idea. <laughs> At the same time, Roman. Ah, yeah. That's funny. But but yeah, it's I'm really excited. Um, October 25th is when the Kickstarter goes live, um, and it'll be for four weeks. And then what I do want to say for anybody who's listening is we are going to do a Q and A two weeks in, and I'm going to do a live Q and A probably on Facebook. So if you sign up for the Kickstarter, if you have questions, we'll have a place to put it on there in the Facebook group, which is I got to find it now. Now, 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 now this is going to make for good television. Well, you guys, somebody asked me a question while I'm looking this up. <laughs> what came the, uh, the podcast? We are Batman. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I just found it. So facebook.com slash group slash grok comics is the grok universe comics group that you can go to. Um, and I think that would, that's where you can go. We'll have posts. There's a, whole universe there's probably like four or five different titles in grok comics you have the remnant which is the main team parables of the remnant which kind of like a marvel comic present it's little stories about all these different characters you have last gen which is like your teenage group dog and the regulators is coming out later next year that's their ur- the urban kind of strike team and then um there's a couple other books out there that are escaping me right now um because there's a lot and i don't own the company so i don't have to worry about them <laughs> <laughs> So, so what comes first? Is it you writing the story and then kind of it transitions to like the art, the cover, the, the storyboards and things like that? Or how does that kind of work? So there's a couple different ways comics are made. The way that I have always done it is you write the script completely. Once the script's done, you hand it to an artist. And then the artist will then you describe per panel. That's how uh, traditionally it's done. Panel one, Black Cobra jumps from one building to another panel two, you know, he punches Jaguar links in the face. And what I learned on the first comic I did is I I'll create a Facebook group with me and the artist and then say, okay, read the script and put your layouts in this group. And then I'll comment Mm -hmm. on this picture. Like if it's something wrong, because 
some of the challenge with some of these books is you're dealing with artists that are maybe not from the United States. Mm -hmm. So like I was dealing with one recently where I think he's from either Mexico or Asia, but like he didn't know what that in America, we dig the hole and then drop the, the coffin in there. Sure. So when I said like, Hey, he's standing next to the grave as the coffin's going into the hole. And he's like, what do you mean by that? And we had to like look up pictures of reference of like, this is what the process is because they don't do that where he's from. So being able to look at that layout and go like, Hey, like something easy was it's like he drew a priest in the picture, but from Mm -hmm. the storyline, it's pretty obvious the guy's not Catholic. So there would not be a priest at the funeral. So it's like things like that where you don't think about it and you don't think about it in the script because you're like, he's at a funeral. Yeah. Watches it do this or, you know, uh, the other thing too is like some of these artists, like they're not consistently working in this universe. So every time I create one of these groups, I have to like, if I put in a thing, stands in front of a picture of the remnant. Well, now I've got to send him a character picture of each single character that could be in this picture and like pick four of these guys. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lot sometimes. But then once the art is done, then they color it. Once the coloring is done, you do the lettering. And then once the lettering's done, now it's ready for print. Sure. And depending on how much of the comic it takes up, because like I said, each one of the three parts that I wrote are drawn by a different artist. Okay. So you, you're, it's all in various degrees of completion. And that's so, what the Kickstarter's for, is to finish the production. Sure. Of the sure. So when you have kind of consistent characters across kind of the, your production house or the... the how in the details are our folks around like, Hey, his hair is, can't be Brown. It has to be black. Or you know what I mean? Like how, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's art variations and things like that for our different art styles. Like how strict are they about that? Or are you about that? I mean, some of it has to be consistent enough because you are right. There's drastic different styles among some of these artists. And that's where you're having that that folder mm-hmm. in the group or having a, a Bible that says like, this is what all the characters look like. And you have to make sure that artist understands this is what he looks like. You can't, I know yeah, you have a style, but yeah. you can't update their costume yet, you sure. know? And, and that's, or who was one? I'm trying, I'm trying to think of something I can tell you. That's not either spoilery or being <laughs> mean to artists, sure. but like there was one where it was like, for instance, like for this Black Cobra caught script, they're supposed to be buried under rubble. Mm-hmm. And I guess the guy just made them buried under rubble, not like the building collapsing on them. Oh, okay. So okay. it looked like they were just in a pool of rubble talking. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like they're being crushed to death. I need you to, he has yeah. to be holding up something so they're still alive. But I think that some of that's language barrier, but some of it's yeah. like, Sometimes in your it's in your head, but it's not on the page. And that's why mm-hmm. I like doing that. Show me the layout. Sure. And either I messed up or you didn't get what I was saying. Or, I mean, how, how many either of us are. have been trapped under a collapsing building? <laughs> True. Hopefully zero. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully none of you. Every day. Yeah. <laughs> a collapsing life. Collapsing day. Who knows? <laughs> Awesome. For the the different tiers, what made you? Is it a consistent across uh, Grok films or, or comics, rather? Or do you have like 
variations that you guys like to do for each comic book? I think there's some variations. Truth be told, I'm not a, I'm not in control of all of that. Oh, okay. So I'm I'm the writer and I'm promoting it, but the tiers themselves usually when it comes to something like Kickstarter is like each your basic tier is like a digital download. Five sure. bucks, you once the comic's done, you get it like a PDF. And then 10 bucks, you get a physical copy. And then you can get various ones. Because some of it too is, you know, there's a lot of comics in the library. So the mm -hmm. higher the tier, the more you can get some of the other books. Or sure. because there is a Black Cobra number zero, there's a remnant, I believe it's number two that he was in. So as the tiers go up, you can get more of this story. Because as much as we want to believe that everybody who comes to this Kickstarter has been following everything from the beginning, we may have new readers. And that's where some of these other tiers come into place is now you can catch up on the entire story and find out why he's dealing with PTSD. Sure. That makes sense. Cool. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Matthew, for coming on and talking to us. But before we let you go, I want to ask you about your Batman podcast. <laughs> All right. I do. Um, I do a podcast. It's called We Are the Batman. Mike Shea is I like it's kind of weird saying he's my co-host because he usually takes the lead. But Mike Shea is somebody who I also met through the top 10. Oh, um, nice. He he was somebody who he was on the podcast on Fanboy Junction. Mm -hmm. And then one day he had just put on Twitter like, I really want to do a Batman podcast, but nobody will will do it with me. And I'm like, well, <clears throat> I have nothing better to do. So, <laughs> so he and I started it and it's been going on for about a year now. I think nice. it's a little over and it's, it's been fun. It's, it's kind of interesting in that even though it's called, we are the Batman, like something every week doesn't happen to have, doesn't happen about Batman. So we kind of extend it to all things DC, mm -hmm. but it, it's, it's been a lot of fun right now. Um, this Friday, part one of our breakdown of the dark night starts. So oh, we're, nice. we're doing, fun. we started about four or five months ago is every, the last Friday of every month, we're covering a live action Batman movie. So we're at the dark night this week, this month. And then next month we do dark Knight rises. And then after that, we do Batman versus Superman. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's actually going to be a vote about whether we're going to include justice league as a conversation of a live action Batman movie. Cause it's a group. I hope not. I Cause would. yeah, Batman is, he's the, he's the catalyst of the whole movie. He's the one that pulls them all together. Look at his face. He does not want to do it. I his mean, no. Like, you just him up for no. <laughs> well, I guess we know where Jace is. Justin, what do you think? Should we do? <laughs> I think it's your cast. I don't think we should do it at all. <laughs> no, it, it's kind of funny because Mike, he really likes the Snyderverse. And I don't dislike it completely. I, no, my, my, my thing is, I think visually they're really cool. Ben Affleck is great casting. I think with what he's given, he's great. It's just so not. If you told me he was Thomas Wayne Batman, I'd love those movies. But he's supposed to be Bruce Wayne and he doesn't act like Bruce Wayne. So it's it's weird. I, I don't, I don't, the Batman versus Superman, I truly loathe. Justice League, it is what it is. Like, I don't. Yeah, I don't hate Batman v Superman until the moment when they start fighting that's when the entire movie like that's when i start to really hate the rest of the movie oh i i'm i'm pretty hating it on the get 
<laughs> the moment Superman, who seems to have learned this lesson about not killing anybody, instantaneously kills somebody? Like, oh, we didn't learn that lesson. Sure. All right, let's go. <laughs> so yeah. when does your Kickstarter go live? Sorry, Jason. <laughs> uh, the Kickstarter for Black Cobra goes live on October 25th, which, depending on when this gets released, is Wednesday of... When is this getting released? This will get released by Wednesday. Okay. So Wednesday, October 25th is when it goes live. It'll I, it'll be last for four weeks. Two weeks after that, we haven't set an exact date yet, but I'm going to tentatively say the November 10th is probably when I will do the live Q&A because that's awesome. a good, good two weeks after. Because a lot of Kickstarters, they start real strong at the beginning, and then two weeks in, they lose their momentum because everybody's just like, Oh yeah, we, we don't care. So that's when I'll do the Q and a to kind of reinvigorate interest in the, in the, in the Kickstarter campaign. Cool. Awesome. I'll make sure I share that around too, when it comes and everybody go check out the Kickstarter. The link is down below in the descriptions and it'll be all over our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes. And, and, and the thing that I, let me add this real quick. Like, yes, Kickstarter is to help fund the production of the comic, but please keep in mind that like, you don't have to buy anything to help a Kickstarter campaign, share it, like it, follow it, talk about it. Like as much as we want to raise funds to complete the book, help is free. Sharing is free. Liking is free for all things, whether it's a Kickstarter or your friend who has their own business, it costs you zero to write a review, to like, follow the whole nine yards. That's all I'm really here to say. Like just like and follow it and, Tell me what you think. Be there for the Q&A. And if you like it so much, you're like, you know what? No, this guy, he's a weirdo, but this looks cool. Go buy it. I, go go fund it. Whatever you want to do. But that's my big thing. It's a, just kind of be active and following it. And that's all I ask. Yeah, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. If you hit like, that means few more people have seen it. And if they hit like, few more people have seen it and so forth. If you don't hit like, then nobody sees it. So at the very least, hit like so we can get the word out there because, uh, Matthew's a great guy, and this looks like a fun project and sounds like a fun project. So, uh, again, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody out there, subscribe, comment, and we'll talk to you guys real soon. Thanks, Thanks for everybody. having me. I appreciate it, guys. Absolutely, man.